welcome to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. We will explore God's Word to learn how we can live by God's grace and for His glory. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Here's your host, Noah Hooper. Welcome back to the Taught by Grace podcast. I'm your host, Noah Hooper, and I have a very special episode for you today. If you didn't know this, I'm graduating from Bible College, and I have with me my good friend, Jonathan Snow, and we're both graduating today. Today is graduation. How do you feel about this, John? I'm excited about it. Almost, I'm a little torn. Don't know if it's uh, just the anxiety or the fear, but definitely excitement is mixed in. So yeah. I'm pumped, ready to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. And by the time you listen to this, we will actually be Bible College graduates. Now, right now, we're not. But as fall goes to plan, we're going to graduate a few hours here from Calvary Baptist Bible College in King, North Carolina. So today is a very different episode than what I would normally do on the Taught by Grace podcast. Is It's just going to be a discussion. And John is the third guest ever on a, the Taught by Grace podcast. You're in very elite company. How does that make you feel? Honored. Honored. It's truly honored. Privileged. Yes. I mean, it's a, it's a special company to be in. So I'm glad to have John with me today. And Basically, what we're going to do today is kind of reflect on our four years in Bible college, our four years in seminary, and just kind of talk for a few minutes about what the Lord's taught us and what we've learned over these years. But I want to begin by just kind of introducing John Snow to you, if you don't know him. So John is started with me four years ago. Now, we're the only two people from the original guys that started four years ago, so we, we persevered to the end in this. We just made it through these four years, but... John is someone that I consider to be one of my dearest, closest friends, and I don't say that just because he's on the podcast. I say that because I mean it. There are probably, outside of my family, about four to five people that I count as truly dear friends, and John is one of those people to me. I respect him. He is a man who loves Christ. He loves the Word. He loves his family, and I've seen him model Christ-likeness in many ways over these four years, and we're going to talk about that in some of his experiences he's had guarding his family as well. But I'm grateful to have you with me on the podcast today, John. Again, I'm truly honored to be here. Um, to think from day one, starting in Bible college, and one, not knowing the trials and the tests that would come from Bible college and from life in the midst of it, um, and being able to have someone as good of a friend as you, Noah, to be able to help me navigate those situations and keep Christ prominent, um, not not prominent, but preeminent in my mm-hmm. life during those situations was um invaluable and Mm -hmm. uh, something I'll never forget. And and again, truly thankful. Uh, I can echo that statement and the fact that uh, definitely one of my closest friends and very grateful uh, to know you. And even in some way, in in many ways, uh, mentored by you through your podcast and and listen to your preaching. It's just been a blessing to see that there's still people that are young that love God and want to serve God with their lives. Well, I appreciate that, John. And you say that as if you're a lot older than me, but it's all—it's only ten years difference. It's not a right. <laughs> not a huge difference. But um, so we're just going to get right into it today. But I want to start off by kind of giving you a couple of reasons for why are we recording this? Why right. why would you want to listen to this? And reason number one is for historical purposes. So when whether in five years, ten years, or whatever, when me and John are older, we can look back and listen to this and see. <laughs> how little we knew, how much we knew, or basically just laugh at how dumb we were from this time period. Amen. But Amen. Yeah, so we'll look back at that. And then another reason is practical. So I know there may not be a lot of direct correlation between what we've learned in Bible college and 
life as a whole, because most people won't go to Bible college. Most people won't go to seminary. Right. But there are truths that we have learned. There are truths that we've experienced in our time here that are applicable to all of life. So we're just going to talk about some of those things today. So we're just going to walk through some lessons learned. And how I think we might go through this is in a few different ways of seeing lessons learned because of life experience, mm -hmm. lessons learned about life, and then we'll kind of conclude with lessons learned about who God is. But we're going to start with lessons learned because of life. And I want to open this up by having John share with us and experience a trial, a situation he had during our sophomore year at college. Because some people may know about this, but most probably don't know about this. So can you just kind of walk us through that whole scenario? For sure. So many people have many different opinions about what happened in 2020 with COVID and different things. And uh, we were affected by it, my family specifically. So my wife, uh, she's a nurse practitioner. She is the same age as me. We're both 32. And she, we didn't get sick in 2020, but in 2021, wife did get COVID. Through COVID, through the matter of about six hours of her first symptoms that we noticed, shortness of breath and stuff like that, uh, my wife was in the ER. Um, within about 24 hours, she was intubated, life support, uh, and it just progressed from there. About a week after she had um, been at Forsyth here in Winston-Salem, about a week from there, they transported her uh, to UNC Chapel Hill. So for all of you Duke fans, you guys denied my wife. So uh, UNC saved my wife's life. So amen. Hearty <laughs> amen right there. Um, so we're, uh, we're officially UNC fans. So if that makes you turn off the podcast, that's okay. Yes. But anyways, so my wife gets transported down there. Uh, they couldn't do what they needed to do at Winston here in Forsyth. And uh, what they needed was called ECMO. It's a special thing where they basically take all the blood out of her body through huge not, not all at once but it kind of rotates through the machine gets warmed in the machine gets oxygen put in the blood through the machine and then pushed back into her body and if you ever meet my wife you'll notice huge scars on her neck from having her neck cut open and things like that to be able to do it throughout this entire thing she was in the hospital about 108 days unconscious for two-thirds of that and then in rehab as well whilst in the hospital her heart stopped she had a stroke she had kidney failure liver failure nerve damage and you know in those times you pray for the lord to to sustain life and and ultimately he did um but we didn't know what god's answer was going to be on that uh during that time and there's many times he could have not answered that prayer or answered it no and uh, took her home so we're very thankful uh, that my wife is still with us today she is back as the date of today this recording she's been back to work a little over a month now wow. you know this is almost two years removed her hands are no longer contracted uh, she does, she has some residual nerve issues and stuff but other than that she's cognitive she has all of her normal functions she's who she was before very grateful to be here <laughs> still so the, i guess the real question or the real topic of discussion there is you know how do you deal with that in the midst of everything with Bible college. And, and honestly, um, I wish I had a more profound answer for you, but just relying totally on God. Mm -hmm. um, there was times, you know, we didn't know what to do, didn't know what to rely on. And, and, and we're so thankful. This is a weird thing to be thankful for, I guess, but it did happen in the summertime, June. So a lot of my energy and focus was able to be on my wife. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I am sort of thankful for that being able to be removed from the school year a little bit, having to sell our home and move, you know, at the beginning of the school year brought its own challenges. But the question did come up, 
you know, do I continue at this point? And, and just as a testimony for the Lord, when we thought about not continuing for me to stop Bible college, to basically put on hold God's calling in my life to finish Bible college and to, uh, you know, um, to, to study, to show myself approved for the calling that God had given me uh, to, to be a preacher, to be a pastor one day or, or, or whatever he has for me. We never had peace about that. And being able to go through that and stay in Bible college and, and find a way to make it happen. Honestly, God blessed us in such a way mm-hmm. through the sale of our house and through people just loving, loving us and praying for us and different things, financially supporting us. I didn't have to even get a job for almost a year mm-hmm. uh, from my wife being sick. And I was able to, to care for my wife, help her through rehab while still going to school. I did end up getting a night job after that um, until my wife got better. Her being a nurse practitioner allowed us for the, my first two years of Bible college for me not to have to work to focus on my studies. Ultimately, God provided through all that. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for a loving church, Christians, mm-hmm. friends, people financially supporting us, the church and the college here even um, uh, waiving tuition for me for a year, basically, and, and all the things that they did to, to support me, honestly, it was just really God. There's no, there's no mm-hmm. other way to explain it. The fact that just everything fell into place the way it did. He he showed himself strong and faithful uh, and all that. The, the Lord blessed in such yeah. a great way, and um, I'm so thankful for it. And if, if I learned anything, it's never— this is definitely the biggest thing through the trial that that I remembered. And there was pressure from my wife's family to move back to Oklahoma mm-hmm. to, to, know, to quit and to do different things. And the the pressure came, and we, we stood firm. And ultimately, God blessed. And just knowing that, I think it was my pastor told me, never change or make a decision in the dark that God mm-hmm. gave you in the light. And uh, there was definitely a dark time, and we, we stayed faithful to God's call, and He's blessed us mm-hmm. immensely. Yeah, And I think that introduces a key theme that while we're talking about our experience in Bible college, it's obviously true of all of life because... Though we have been in school for four years, neither one of us have lived in a bubble. Right. We're not, yeah. we are still exposed to life. We're still exposed to trouble. And you've had that experience even more than mm-hmm. I have. Like I've had little troubles over this four years, but nothing like what you've gone through. And yet it's amazing to see how the key, whenever those times of suffering and trial comes, is to endure. Yeah, It's the... James 1 about persevering through temptation, through trials. It's about mm. continuing in that, even though like I was thinking about this as I was driving over here today. If during that time, especially when Tabitha was recovering and she was better, but she wasn't all the way back yet, mm-hmm. it would have made sense for you to say, you know what, I'm stepping away. I'm going to take a break. And no one, I don't think anyone would have said, John, you're a heathen and a hypocrite <laughs> for doing that. It would have been understandable, but it's right. very commendable and it definitely glorifies the Lord that you stayed faithful and that you all remain faithful through that because it would have been so easy to just say, I'm stepping away, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a break. But yet you decided to trust God. And don't be wrong, that. Don't, don't get me wrong, the temptation was there. Oh, I'm sure it was. And, and the pressure was there too. I'm sure it was. And it, it, again, it's not by any, not by my own faithfulness mm-hmm. or, or any devout piety of my own. Mm-hmm. It, it really just was how God moved and, and the peace he gave me to stay in. Because there are going to be times in our lives, in all of our lives, when things come up that we don't expect. Yeah. Because <laughs> for you, 
And for me both, we have been very blessed for the situation we have been in for college financially or anything like that, where we, we haven't had to, though in general, we haven't had to struggle through mm -hmm. college like I know a lot of people do. So I'm very grateful for that. But right. even in times like that, there are going to be situations that come that come unexpectedly and force us in a lot of ways to trust God yeah. and force us to trust that God is sovereign, that He is working all of our situations. And it teaches us, like you mentioned earlier, to rely upon God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really one of the key things that I've learned over these four years and that I think you've learned as well, especially yes. through the season, is the necessity of trusting and relying upon God. Mm -hmm. Because if we didn't, it would be so easy to say, I'm done, I'm backing away. But instead, you have to literally live by faith and say, I'm stepping into this, I'm staying in this, I'm not giving up, and I'm going to trust that God will be faithful through this. And here we, here we stand. Now, this is just right. a very small way, but we've reached the end of our time in Bible college, right. and it's went by faster than either, either one of us could have imagined, but yet we can both say at the end of this, yes, God is faithful, and He's true, right. and He's sovereign in all of this. Like, And what do you, do you have anything else to add on that point there? Really just thinking about the sovereignty of the Lord, and that was one of the things that provided comfort in that trial, knowing that, you know, this didn't take God by surprise. Mm -hmm. So being able to, when you brought that up, it just it, it, it made me think of that and remember that moment, just that God kind of opened my eyes and said, you know, I got this. Mm -hmm. So that was, yeah. it was, it was a big turning point for me, just getting, getting God's heart on it whenever. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's another key truth that applies to all of life mm -hmm. is that we often look for God's sovereignty and God's plan in the good in the end. And it gets there in the end. Like in a very real way, you have seen that in this life, life because Tabitha is better. She's yeah. working again. Like it's been, it is truly God's miracle and God's oh, yeah. work to do that. Absolutely. But it doesn't get to that point apart from suffering and separate from it. Instead, I think about Joseph and mm -hmm. how oh, yeah. God was taking him to the palace. He was taking him there so that he could preserve Israel, so that he could preserve his family. But Joseph had to go through the worst to get yeah. there. And there are times when God will take you through difficult, hard circumstances to bring you to where he wants you to go. And yeah. in that, like Joseph and all of that, you have to trust who God is. You have to trust him and all that. And I think for me, like even though I haven't had the experience quite like John has, I've learned that as well of just trusting, learning to rely upon God. I remember very vividly I think it was the first full day of classes after we had got our syllabus, after we had seen everything that we need to do. And I remember sitting down in the library here and thinking and trying to write out a calendar and thinking, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I was, I texted my mom. Amen. I'm like, Amen. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, I'm not going to be able to figure this out. And then now I look back four years later and I'm like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Well, the funny thing is that was, uh, that was also this semester. <laughs> that, was every semester. that was every semester. At some point in every semester, there's the thinking of how in the world am I going to do this? How in the world am For I going to sure. make this through? So that's really a big lesson I think we've yeah. learned because of life that has almost been come upon us because that's not something we planned for. Neither You wouldn't have wanted that at the beginning of these four years, would you? I wouldn't have put it on my calendar. <laughs> no, no. I wouldn't have no. signed up for it. We wouldn't sure. have put it on our calendar. But that's an important thing to draw out is that there are things that come in life that we do not plan for, that we do not expect, but yet God is at work mm -hmm. in all of those things. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, we're not put in a bubble. Um, your, your life is still happening outside of here. You still have to pay your bills. You still mm -hmm. have to... You know, if you have kids and you're in Bible college, you still have to be a father. Mm -hmm. You still have to be, you know, a Christian and mm -hmm. serve the Lord during all that. Yeah. So you're exactly right. That's not a bubble. Like your life is still going to happen around yeah. you. Yeah. So that is really we only got one lesson about life there, but I think it's the important lesson about mm -hmm. learning to 
rely upon and trust in God. But now we're going to transition to the second part and talk about some lessons we've learned about life these four years. Some very, I guess, some more practical takeaways of these four years. So do you have anything like off the top of your head you'd like to share like about life in general that you've learned during your time at Bible college? In a real practical way, like time management is so vital. Bible college being something that's going to take up a lot of your time, especially in a busier semester, like being able to prioritize and move stuff. I think that's a great life lesson to think about, especially as you get older, you're in ministry, you have a family, and you have a lot of different hats you have to wear, different roles you have to take up. And just the reality of that and being able to function through being able to like do your assignments, you know, write your papers, serve in ministry, take care of your family, work, all those things, understanding the imp- that that really will bring you to understand the importance of mm-hmm time management. Mm -hmm. That was one of the biggest things in a practical sense. So far as like life lessons, Bible college really helped me to understand, you know, how to study the Bible better a lot. Mm -hmm. Hermeneutics was a revolutionary Mm -hmm. class for me. Um, Understanding how important context is Mm -hmm. will will completely revolutionize how you look at the Bible. So what do you, for maybe somebody's not super familiar, can you just talk about context for a second? What does that look like? What does that mean? So your context, you know, Often, not every church, not every preacher, but you're going to have preachers get up, stand up, and they're going to have a thought with a verse, and they're going to try and go from there. The problem with that is you have the Bible, and that verse doesn't stand alone by itself. You have this verse, and directly around that you have verses before it and after. That's your immediate context. You have the context of the entire chapter, you have the context of that entire book, and then that entire book is then held to the standard of the entire Bible, mm-hmm. the full scriptures. Yeah, as they say, everything is going to be in harmony from beginning mm-hmm. to end. And if you, you have law of first mention that affects context, you have your culture of the day that's going to affect context. You have ge- geographical differences that affect context, understanding the writing style affects the context, yeah. understanding yeah. the purpose and why a book is written. You know, you look at the Gospels, and they're not in perfect mm-hmm. harmony. They were never supposed to be. Yeah. That's not how they're written. They're mm-hmm. written from viewpoints from these different men and, and somewhat based on their profession and, and who they were. But context being probably the most vital thing mm-hmm. I think I learned in Bible college mm-hmm. is that I have to I have to stay true to the context. Because if I sit here and I take a verse, so take into consideration uh, Ecclesiastes 5.18. It says, Behold that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink, and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. And if you understand the entirety of the context of the book of Ecclesiastes, is that, you know, everything that we do under the sun. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes was written from man's perspective under the sun. And he mm-hmm. says that throughout the book a ton of times, uh, giving that perspective. But if we look at that verse in the context of the whole book, I, I could say it's good to just work and have all these wonderful things. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that's vanity. And I yeah. need to ultimately work for yeah. for what's going to last forever. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, serving the Lord. Yeah, because you could take that verse out of context and mm-hmm. say, oh, look at what I've got, look at what yeah. I've got, and use that verse to say the Lord has blessed this, and the Lord may have blessed it, but right. if you take that verse devoid of its context, right. you're forgetting that Solomon basically said in the book, if it came apart from God, then it's all vanity anyway. Right. So that's just like, that's a bit of a smaller example, but sure. of what happens when we take a verse out of context, forgetting mm-hmm. the bigger picture of the book, 
And you can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. Right, especially if you take individual verses. Absolutely. There's such a danger to it. Absolutely. You, know, you can you, know, you can build entire false religions mm-hmm. based on wrong context verses. Absolutely. So context, that's a important thing that, especially for us who, me and John, who are preachers, we've got to mm-hmm. know what the context is because if I get up and I preach a message or if John preaches a message and we don't tell you what the Bible is actually saying because the Bible's clear, it means what God meant it to mean, it means what God said, and if we don't consider what the whole Bible says, what the whole book says, what the whole chapter says, then we're going to present a false message to the people we're preaching to. But for those of you who just read your Bible and you're not going to stand and speak, although you should be sharing it with others in your life, you've got to know the context as well because it helps us better understand Scripture because Mm -hmm. if you know the context of what's going on around a passage, it helps you understand passages that are more difficult when you understand the bigger picture. So context is a big life lesson that really we've learned during this whole time is our good friend Benjamin Charles will give him a shout out says context is the answer to every question in Bible college and that is like a big huge huge lesson we've learned during our time here but one thing I wanted to talk about from my perspective about a lesson I've learned is how growth is a slow and steady process before I started here I think I had the preconceived notion in my mind that every day I would come to class and it would be like the light switch would be flipping on every single mm-hmm. day. And it would be like this new doctrine I've never heard about, this new <laughs> verse that I have before. And it's just like big moments every single day. And in reality, that happens every now and then. And it's great when it does. It does. Like me and John could talk about some of the moments right. where those moments happen where it's like the light bulb clicks on and it makes sense. But the truth is a slow and it's a steady process mm-hmm. where you come to school, you're here for eight hours, and you're hearing stuff you have heard before. You're hearing stuff you do know, but over time that gets ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. And that becomes part of who you are. And it's a reminder for the Christian life as a whole that we don't grow from, we do have big steps at times. But most of the time it is daily, step by step, growing in grace through the slow and steady process of the Word. As I've talked about here before on the podcast about how we eat the Word daily, how it just becomes a part of us and who we are like we grow like you grow throughout life you don't go from four feet tall to six foot five in a day it takes time to do that and it's the same thing in our christian life but what are so we're talking about that slow and steady growth what are some of those things that we've learned that you've learned during this time that would fall into that category that yeah you may not have necessarily seen it at the time but looking back you're like oh i see how that's been shaping me over these four years so one of the areas that's definitely been that's just kind of revealed to me especially here recently um uh was just looking at like my difference in bible study and looking at the difference in my preaching and and writing toward preaching Mm -hmm. uh growth in that area knowing that like you know day one coming into bible college as 28 you know years old thinking Thinking I know something. He was a young whippersnapper. Yeah, <laughs> he did everything in the right way. But uh, no. <laughs> but uh, coming in thinking like, you know, oh, I just have to do this. And, you know, having kind of, I'm not saying that I necessarily always had a bad attitude towards it, but thinking like, oh, you know, I got this to a degree, which uh, was a terrible, terrible attitude to have at any moment. Um, we'll, and we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, here in a moment. But the, the, the reality is, Growing slowly, like you hear people talk about all the time, that like anything worth doing is worth doing right. Mm-hmm. And if you, and we live in such an instant society that everybody wants that instant, quick, you know, click button mm-hmm. gratif- gratification. Everything's fast. Everything's instant. But being able to like take your 
four years and really understand that you're growing as a Christian, you're growing in your knowledge. And, and I can understand the frustration for someone who's like a young Christian and you're, you know, talking to mature Christians, you know, you can feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, especially like I, I struggle in, uh, in time events, like, yeah. especially like knowing all of revelation. Yeah, so if I, I sit here and talk to my too. pastor Roy Hill, on yeah. end time events, I'm just like at awe with it yeah. because it's like, I just don't know anything about that. Absolutely. And I just want to go study it. So I know it, but knowing that like growing in the Lord is such a slow thing, even just for Christians in general, not just preachers, but that's something for me though, mm-hmm. just n- noticing that like it really paid off, especially mm-hmm. going back recently and, and kind of reminiscing over, you know, the past four years and looking at some of the things I've written and just being like, wow, I'm so thankful that I would, I did one that I grew yeah. <laughs> and two, uh, just the slow growth. It's it is a, pa- a yeah. trial and patience, but going off of that, I would say that it, that's why it's so important because you may be in the situation where you're looking at life and you're reading God's word, you're hearing the word at church, you're trying as much as you can to grow in grace and to become more like Christ, but you're looking at your life and you're like, "Am I really growing? Is right. there really progress here?" And the truth is. Most of the time, we don't see progress on a daily basis. Like, we do have victories from day to day sometimes, but most of the time, it's hard to look at your life right now from yesterday and being like, I see how I am so much different today than then. But God works in us slowly. That's like, I can look back on my life over these four years and where I am today and like, I would like to talk about a little bit about how we're obviously, we're not arrived. We have no, we're uh-uh. nowhere near it yet. That's like, what I was talking like, about. We'll talk yeah, about that in a minute. Yeah, like we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but you look back, and even if you don't see growth in the moment, you can look back over time and see how God is shaping you, how God is working you. So take heart, keep pressing on. But that leads us, I guess, to our next point, which is absolutely we're obviously not finished yet. And um, before John starts on this section, I thought a lot about how I don't even think I know I know I don't know how much these years have shaped me. Like I see them in some ways, but also I don't even know. And then also I know that I have so much more growing to do. Like I look at Noah from 2019 when I started and I'm like, what was wrong with you? But I look at Noah in 2023 and I still think, what is wrong with you? But there's still so much more growing to do. So I know you, what would you like to say on that point? Wow. Just, just the reality of that statement. The, I forget who it was. Recently, I think we were in the hall and someone, maybe in jest or out of sincerity, said, oh, what would you learn in Bible college? And the, the resounding answer, I think, I'm sure we've meant it in jest. We have learned things, and this is never to belittle Bible college. Mm-hmm. It is invaluable, and uh, I support it 100%. Absolutely. But the reality is I learned in Bible college that I don't know a thing. <laughs> I learned that the Bible is far more expansive mm-hmm deep and wide and a well that's never going to run dry. Like it blows my mind. Every time Mm -hmm. I say to preach Noah, just the reality of who God is and just a little bit of taste I get is enough to blow my mind. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can only handle so much. Exactly. And and God knows it too, because you get these little things that we kind of get illuminated on through, you know, our studies and we have such a big God and we mm-hmm. treat him so small sometimes, mm-hmm. even in our prayers or in our Bible study, and just, and that's that's definitely probably one of the biggest life lessons, along with context, along with stuff like that, is just understanding that yeah. God is so high above me, mm-hmm. and I'm never going to attain to it. But by the grace of God, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Yeah, <laughs> that I think in part is the key to living for the glory of God is having a big view of God of understanding, like we know now. 
I don't know as much as I thought I knew. Amen. And like, I'll say amen again. Yeah, Just... like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, I, I know I've grown, and I know the Lord has taught both of us a lot during this time, but I also understand that God is a lot bigger than I am. Oh, yeah. I'm a lot smaller than I realize I am. I'm so thankful for that truth, too, because mm-hmm. if I could understand God, he wouldn't be much of a God. Absolutely. That God is so much more than... He's always bigger. He's always be- better. He's always greater than we can imagine. And the more and more we realize it, the better off we are because when we can see ourselves for small and in turn see God as big, yeah. then we're okay. Because we're if we right. see ourselves as big, we're only going to be big enough to like whatever problem we face. It's only yeah. going to be able to comparable to who we are. But when you see God for how big and how great and how glorious he is, there is nothing that's going to be comparable to him because he's bigger yeah. and better than everything and everyone else. So that big, gets a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, that's, that big view of God just changes just changes everything. So that's such an important point we've learned over these four years. But if I, if I could throw in another life lesson before we go on to the next point, one of the more practical things I've learned is the brevity of life. When I've started and over the four years, I'm thinking the whole time, I'm looking forward to graduation. I'm so ready for it to get here. I think about it like I've looked forward to this day. I'm looking forward to not waking up at 4.45 anymore. I'm looking forward to not having to drive an hour and 15 to an hour and a half to go to school on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm looking forward to not sitting through eight hours of class, sometimes not really wanting to be there as much as I should want to be there. I'm looking forward to not having projects, not having assignments, not having all this. I'm looking forward to that. And now I'm like, how in the world am I already at graduation? How are we already here? Because it goes by so fast, even though we're like constantly looking forward to the next thing. And this is something I do horribly where I'm always, always anticipating, always thinking, well, what's next? What's the next step? And it's so important that from this to learn to cherish now, learn to rejoice in what God gives you in the moment and where you are right now because we often look ahead in life and we miss what's going on in life right now because these four years have been precious. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look back on these four years when we're both Lord willing in ministry, serving God in very real ways. And we're going to look back and think, I miss Bible college. I yeah. miss those days of talking about some random theological oh, matter yeah. in the classroom or things like that. But Remember, no matter what stage of life you're in, life is truly a vapor, as James says, and we have to learn to cherish where we are now in life. But that's one of the biggest lessons I think I've learned, especially coming to this last year where everything is feels like it's speeding up as we march towards graduation. But yeah. that's a huge, huge lesson for me, and yes. I, hope, I hope that you'll learn to do that in your own life as well as I'm trying to. Now as we go to the third part of this, We're going to talk about some lessons we've learned about who God is. And I suppose this is the most important part of this, but I think I wanted to conclude with this because it is the most important part of this. But it wouldn't be a proper Bible college seminary episode if we didn't talk about theology and doctrine. So I'm just going to throw the question out there. What is the biggest thing that you've learned about who God is doctrinally, theologically, or the biggest truth that has really set in with you over these four years? Something that has come to mind now and uh, has been on my heart a lot lately. Whether or not it's the biggest thing or, you know, there, there, there may be something bigger, but I can't think of anything right now. God's Word is a representation of Himself, which, one, we would all agree that God takes His name extremely seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it was a punishable thing in the Old Testament. Um, but God, God takes His Word very seriously, so much so that He says that He elevates his word even above his own name 
And if he takes his name seriously. Mm-hmm. That's in Psalm 138, verse 2, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, if he takes his name seriously and we have his word elevated above his name, then, then we ought to take his word extremely seriously. Um, it goes back to context. It goes back to some of the things we've already talked about. But the reality of it is that God is revealing who he is, the, his very own heart toward man through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. He said exactly what he wanted us to, to have. Mm-hmm. There is obviously the 66 books of the Bible does not contain all of God. No, and it never could. No. And, 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 and I would say even not even in a finite manner. Like it's no. it's it's so minuscule compared to who God is. It's like looking through a keyhole. Exactly. If that. But through his grace and infinite wisdom, he has given us everything we need to mm-hmm. live a life that can be devoted to him, um, to, uh, to have these little pictures and inklings of who he is i think about um is it was it matthew 11 i'm meek and lowly a heart yeah. just just the heart of christ and seeing these things and understanding that as a preacher and sunday school teacher as a parent as anybody that has to represent the word of god to somebody else mm-hmm. they should take that extremely to heart mm-hmm. knowing that you are opening something that god elevates above his name and he is entrusting you as a teacher if you're put in that position as a preacher as a pastor and as a parent because ultimately as parents we're charged to to give the word to our children it's not the church's responsibility if my mm-hmm. kids don't know the bible it's yeah. my responsibility Absolutely. um so knowing that and the and the, just the sobering seriousness of how serious god takes his word mm-hmm. is probably the biggest thing especially right now in my life um just understanding that one Scripture is sufficient for all areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And two, it is God's word. Yes. And I am representing God to people through his word. And I, be- I better do it right. Yeah, absolutely. God's going to hold me accountable one day. Think of it like this. And I'm stealing this. I'm stealing this. So this is okay. not my original thought. Is it okay if I steal it? Yes, plagiarism. Get the credit to where it's due. Okay. So Pastor Michael Poindexter, he says this. It would be as if... My past, let's say my pastor, Pastor Broyhill, gives me a love letter to his wife. And he says, John, take this and tell it to my wife. And I went and I took this love letter and I, and I spoke to Mrs. Broyhill. This is what your husband is saying to you. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but then on the other side of the door, my pastor is listening to me. And he's saying, hey, afterwards, you know, whenever I give an account to my pastor, hey, how did you... This, is that what I really said in my letter? Mm-hmm. And that's literally what God has entrusted preachers and teachers to do with his mm-hmm. word. He has written a letter to people in this world, it, and it's the Bible. And I am held accountable for how I represent what God has told people in this world that he loves so much that he would die for it. Mm-hmm. And I am accountable for that. That is the biggest truth in my heart that I have yeah. right now. I suppose... It's a little bit ironic, I guess, but at the end of four years, I think both of us would conclude that the biggest thing we take away from school, like doctrinally, theologically, is the the Bible itself yeah. and the sufficiency of it, the importance of it, right. that this is what we're here to do. We're here to preach it. We're here mm-hmm. to declare it. We're here to herald it, and it's, it's enough. And I suppose this is a wonderful thing, but I know there are many probably who have graduated from Bible college and seminary and they leave with doubt about the Bible. They leave with uncertainty about whether it is God's word or whether it is sufficient for preaching and teaching or anything like that. But graduating, I'm more sure in the Bible than I've ever been because I'm more sure in God than I've ever been because of who he is. And that's the means he's chosen to reveal himself to us Mm -hmm. and declare himself to us. And 
there's nothing more serious than it. There's yeah. nothing we can take more seriously than what he has said in his word, and it's it's enough. It's what we need, and I'm more sure of that today than I've ever been. I'm more sure of it over this time, over these four years. It gets, oh, yeah. gets hammered into you again and again and again that men, as Pastor John Morales, one of the professors we've had many times, would tell us, men, preach the word. Just preach the word. That's the key. That's what we need. And for our lives as Christians as well, that is what we need. We need the word because that's mm-hmm. what God uses. He uses that to point us to Christ, to yeah. point us to himself. We've talked about how over this time our view of God has gotten bigger, and it should. Yeah. And I think over these years I've learned to delight in Christ and cherish Christ more, and it comes because I see who Jesus is as revealed in the Bible. There's no other way. There's no other way to know him. There's no other way to love him. And that's so important. That is the big key for me. And that's like, that's why now, as we're leaving, though, we're not exactly sure what's coming next for both of us. I know that the one thing I want to do, if you could tell me I, there's one thing you can do for the rest of your life, the one thing I want to do is tell God's people and tell sinners what God said yes. and what he has said in his word. And I'm more sure of that than I've ever been because I know that that's how God works, and that's how he glorifies himself in the world is through his word. Can I say one more quick thought? Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Just a quick thought. And if you're someone listening to this podcast and you're considering going to Bible college, a test of a good Bible college is, honestly, their view of Scripture. Mm-hmm. If you go to a place that's going to that's gonna belittle and almost, you know, kind of deny Scripture, uh, even if you're just going to a normal Christian college for, for some other degree, and they have a bad or a low view of Scripture, I think you're in the wrong place. Absolutely. That's one thing I can say about Calvary Baptist Bible College. They elevate the Word of God, mm-hmm. and they want you to understand it, and they want you to uh, have a high view of it. Mm-hmm. And they've accomplished that, I would say, both in mind and Noah's heart, for sure. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's not – because sometimes I think we can do it to where we elevate the Bible in a way that's not meant to be, to where it just becomes like – we're studying Greek, we're studying Hebrew, we're doing right. all these things, and we miss the point. The point right. of it is obviously to point us to Christ, and yes. it's to point us to God. That's one thing that's been so helpful is that we don't read and study and preach the Bible just for the sake of that. We do it so that and because it draws us to Christ and it points us mm-hmm. to who he is. So I don't know if that's the answer people would be looking for when you ask, what's the biggest thing you've learned at Bible college? But it is the necessity and the importance of God's Word in our lives. So, Sola Scriptura. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> Sola Scriptura is Scripture alone. That is enough. That is how God speaks and it's how God works today. So do you have anything else you want to add on that last big lesson we've learned in school? I mean, if you could put the Bible in its proper place, you're going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was huge. That was revolutionary. Yeah. Absolutely. So... As we kind of march to a close, I want to get into some more, I guess, random questions sure. at the end of this. Didn't really know how, where to fit this in or what to do with this. So we're just sure. going to throw it in at the end and see how it goes because now we're going to have a little bit more fun, I suppose. We've got like all the fun like stuff. If, you if you're still here fun. listening, thank you, and we hope you enjoy this part. But So let's just ask some random questions. So what was your favorite class in your time at school? I'm going to say Intro to Bible. Okay. And that was taught by Richard Harper. But on top of that, I really enjoyed general epistles with Pastor Broyhill, mm-hmm. mainly because of my insufficiency in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Getting that knowledge and understanding more of the book of Revelation was great. Mm-hmm. Understanding that it's not something to be feared, and it's something that we can yeah. actually understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes people have a wrong view of it. But really, so far as enjoyable, um, just for the pleasure of the class, 
definitely intro to Bible. It was it was a fun class. Oh, yeah. We got to learn a lot of stuff. And honestly, some of the best parts of classes in Bible college is when the professors are not even talking about the Yeah, when, they the have, when, it, when they're talking about <laughs> this book of the Bible or anything oh, yeah. like that, and they're not even anywhere near the subject right. matter. And they're, I don't know how many times Pastor Boyle would be in a class and he's talking about something right. totally off subject, but it's the best thing that will be said all semester. You know, that being said, the heart-to-heart that Pastor had with us yes. at the end of homiletics yes. last semester, that was, the that was my favorite moment, yeah. yeah. Forget everything I said. That's it right there. That was, yeah, there was... There wasn't a dry eye in that entire No, we were... So last fall, fall of 22, Mm -hmm. um, we were having a homiletics module, and it was a week of classes, and there was like six to eight of us in the class, something like that. And it was basically just Pastor Broyhill, Pastor Kevin Broyhill from Calvary Baptist Church in King, talking about preaching in general. And I think it was the second to last day of the class where... Mm -hmm. He just started talking about how amazing it is that God has called us to be ministers and that he has called us to preach. And we were, we basically just rejoiced and reveled in that, that God would use us because that's amazing. Like it's amazing that God would save us, but it's even more amazing (laughs) that God would say, hey, I'm going to call you. I'm going to set you apart, and you get to declare the glorious riches of Christ to my people. Is there anything more glorious than that? It's not. It's, it's such an amazing truth. Yeah, I, just just reveling in the fact, like we talked about, the importance of Scripture, and He's entrusted it to us. Mm-hmm. And he's He's given something so valuable to you know someone so invaluable or insignificant. Absolutely. And it, it it broke our hearts in that moment. But it was one as He is my pastor. It was such a blessing to see His heart for His people mm-hmm. through that truth. That was the moment for me, too. Yeah, if there was a single it. moment that was like the moment in yeah. Bible college, that was it. The rest of the class could have been awful, but that was great. That was it. And the rest <laughs> it wasn't. Of the class was it was great. not. It, it was, was great. But that disclaimer, but, that's a lot yeah. of Sean spoke this whole episode. That <laughs> rest of the class was great. But so that that would have to be the moment for me as well. But now, let, sure. so let's think more in terms of papers and assignments now. What would you mm. say has been your, was your favorite paper to write over these four years? You know, as a cop out, I'm going to have to say, for my preaching classes because I'm a preacher yeah, and, I write love, and I love to preach. Okay, yeah. okay. So writing saying. sermons. But if you had to say, you know, apart from that, I enjoyed actually um, in Pentateuch, we got to learn more about the temple and tabernacle. I learned mm-hmm. some things I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And being able to write on that helped me to understand that. So I, that was enjoyable for me from an educational standpoint. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. What would you say, if you have one, is the funniest moment or experience from your time here? So we're in um, we're in hermeneutics. This is semester one, and here's my disclaimer: I, I'm an older Bible college student. Uh, I graduated from the high school here as well, and I've known Pastor Broyhill a long time. So there's my disclaimer. I say a long time, at least 15 years now. So, anyways, so <laughs> this is what happened. Uh, he's going through and he's explaining to us, Pastor Broyhill is, about poetic language and figuratism and anapomorphism and, the, and these different things about how, you know, the Bible will use figurative language talking about God for us to understand it. And uh, he was giving an example and he, he was talking about somewhere in the Old Testament about these trees that are going to wave their hands. And Pastor Broyhill says, what kind of tree has hands? And smart me decided to pipe up and goes palm trees, <laughs> and I lo- and some people lost it. It's the comedic and, high point of God's yeah, life. Yeah, so uh, I'll be here all week. Yeah, and get that <laughs> but, palm trees. Yeah, so what kind of if you ever hear someone say it, what kind of tree has hands? Palm trees, you know palm it now. Trees. And that was probably the funniest thing for me personally that happened. You know, obviously the uh, lunchroom oh, yeah. theological debates. Mm-hmm. 
just the you know the many questions those are always enjoyable even if you don't agree with them yeah. it's, it's fun just to try to trip people up stuff. yeah people like starting so arguments dogmatic just for the about sake of, yeah it's like i'm so dogmatic that it was this color carpet in that church right exactly like but um then you end up with blue blue carpet baptist church and yeah exactly they separated over there Give yours. What was your funny? What you <laughs> I think my favorite. So if I'm thinking about a funny moment from school, I think it would be in a chapel service one day when my good friend John Snow, oh, who's boy. working third shift, <laughs> and very, very understandably, he's tired, <laughs> and we're closing out the service, and he's praying and waiting to close out the service, and I hear a snore beside of me, and I know. John Snow's asleep, and he's yep. about to go out, and then I have to elbow him. Yeah. I elbow him in, like, the leg, and he, like, snaps back out of it, and I'm like, I'm about to die laughing the rest of the time. Listen, when you've been in a warm room after working all night long, and you're in a nice warm room in January, and you have a preacher that is preaching, it's great, it's been a good time, and now someone has prayed for 15 minutes, I cannot be held accountable for if I snooze off and start that diesel engine, because it was about to get bad. Noah saved me that day. I got to merit. I was, sure. and I about lost it that day. And that, that's kind of like and these little bit of random questions at the end here. I know there's so much more we could talk right. about with this, but that's an important reminder that while we've talked about some very serious things in this podcast, that not everything has to be serious all the time. Like some of the best moments from these four years have been yeah. random conversations, random moments. We're sending each other memes or something like right. that. And as far as life goes, it's so important that we have relationships like that yeah. in our life. And if I, I guess kind of wrapping this to a close about one of the biggest lessons lessons I've learned over these years is just how important and necessary friends are. Friends mm-hmm. to lean on in trouble, friends to be with and to cut up with and to have fun with because it makes it a lot more enjoyable. To keep you straight. It, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, to tell John when he's being a heretic, I Amen. can just smack him upside the head and tell him he's right. I'm just just kidding so. there. But <laughs> it's so important to have that because I think we both would have probably made it through regardless, but having someone to be like, hey, uh, this project's due today. You got that done? Or, hey, hey, Noah, is that quiz today? Yeah, 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 yeah. To be fair, my degree will have Noah's name on it as well. Uh, I was basically a walking <laughs> syllabus for four years. Not for anything good, but before I, because I was stressed about everything more than likely. <laughs> Praise the Lord for it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that necess- that friendship is so necessary for all of life because it mm-hmm. makes the journey just a lot more, a lot more enjoyable. But so... I don't really know where to go from here, but that's kind of some lessons we've learned in our time at Bible College. I hope that... I guess from here we go to graduation. Yeah, that's exactly what the next step is. We're going to graduation, so by the time you listen to this, hopefully, if all goes well, we'll actually be Bible College graduates. So be revered men. Exactly. Not next really. thing you know, I'm going to be printing out an honorary doctorate to give there to John someday. Yeah. My printer has ink in it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, John, I think this has been a good episode and yeah. I hope I hope that it's been helpful to you. I hope that it you've has. learned some in this episode, not just listening to us talk for a while, because I know that we could reminisce even more than we have, but mm. I hope that it's been a help to you. I hope that it'll help you and see how God is working in your own life as well. And I hope that the Lord is glorified by this. But John, thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Taught by Grace podcast. Absolutely my pleasure, Noah. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you will consider subscribing and leaving a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to it on. 
So I hope you will join me next week on the next edition of the Taught by Grace podcast.